there may or may not be a creepy uh you know uh like janitor like land you know landkeeper land, what is it land uh what's the, what's that word lands landskeeper landmaster i don't know lands, what you're trying to landspeeder landskeeper that's not is that a word lands are you trying to come up with groundskeeper groundskeeper <laughs> groundskeeper there's a groundskeeper <sighs> damn it that's going to be in the blooper reel <laughs> Welcome to a very spooky episode of the Good Games Podcast. I am your spooky host, half of a host, your... Spooky half host. Yeah, James, and the other half... I'm Spooky Leo, I guess. Yeah, there it is. We're so spooky. And we're spooky because at the time of this recording, it is a Halloween-ish time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today we are going to be talking about our favorite horror games and a horror classic, Resident Evil. Uh, just to be clear, you said mm-hmm. your favorite horror, horror games? Yeah. Horror. Yeah, horror, yeah, yeah. Hor- oh, oh, horror. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, like yeah. the female, like the female prostitute? No. Nope, not, not horror. horror. No, no. no. Oh, <laughs> Okay. You want to you want to get straight into our Resident Evil discussion? Let's do it. Um I kind of had a question about this. Okay. What's what's your question? I got an I answer. Re- I realized uh towards the end of our last episode when we talked about mm-hmm. what we would be talking about next episode, which is today. Yep. Yep. You were talking about the game that we were going to discuss, Resident and Evil. It seems like we may have been thinking of two different remakes but i didn't bring it up because i thought it would be funny to just like have this episode and maybe be thinking about possibly two different games (laughs) but okay so you got your original resident evil right Right, for the ps1 right Right. and you got your 2002 gamecube remake that's one remake yeah Uh, and now you've got for whatever current gen consoles and pc you've got a remaster of the remake or a remake remake if you will Sure. Uh, uh, which is mostly the same as the 2002 GameCube uh, version. Uh, yep. Because mm-hmm. that's what I heard you say, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I felt like it was pretty different. Um, The main differences is, uh, are, uh, obviously, the resolution's a lot higher. Uh, you can play it in widescreen. They've got some slightly fancier graphic effects for, like, the animated stuff, like the candles, I think. I think the Character models might be rendered at a higher resolution. Um, the main gameplay differences are uh, um, there is a new control scheme because obviously um, one of the, I don't know, whatever, one of the criticisms that gets leveled at the original Resident Evil oh, yeah. the controls, is, yeah. is the tank controls, right? Which, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Uh, we can get into the controls, but there is a new control scheme that is not tank controls. The PC remaster, remaster, whatever. On the PC, there are two different control schemes. You have your traditional tank controls, but then there is a control scheme that is always relative to the camera instead of relative to the character. Right. Um, which uh, feels feels instantly more natural. Uh-huh. Uh, 
until you start moving your character from scene to scene uh because every yeah, time you yeah. every time you've changed one of those fixed camera angles um you, you have to like reorient yourself to the new camera angle mm-hmm. uh because like what is you know what is up what is down what is left and what is right constantly changes whereas yeah. it doesn't in the tank controls because it's always relative to what direction Jill is facing or Jill or Chris is facing by the way did you play with Jill or Chris Chris always oh interesting um, I was I was always a Jill person. I really? I did like I did like a half playthrough with Chris. I've never finished oh. the game with Chris. I always I'm always Jill. She's got the lockpick, man. She's yeah, got more but, inventory slots, man. But Chris, I'm like you know I respect like law enforcement and stuff, you know. So, mm, so but Jill is also law enforcement. Oh, I don't know if I caught that. Yeah, they're both they're both stars. Oh, they're both oh. they're both Alpha Squad. Well, Chris just has that you know beautiful head of hair. Just ah, you got a little man color. crush on Chris. You got yeah. a man crush on. He's Chris. cute. He's cute. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. But you know, a lot of games have that problem. That games that have like the cinematic uh, sort of camera positions mm-hmm. and stuff. And I've yep. seen it solved. And the, the problem is, I've seen it as a gamer who's played many games that, that have that problem. It's mm-hmm. confusing playing any game that that does that because some games. When you're in one angle and you're moving forward, then the camera angle switches. It like is like smart for you, and it like orients your movement for you. So now you're supposed to press down if the character is moving down all of a sudden instead of up. Yep. But then yeah, other this... games ignore that, and you're supposed yeah. to continue pressing up. So yeah, this game like, this yeah. game does that. So like if you're you know if you're if you're using that control scheme that is relative to the camera and you're pressing left to move left, but then the camera changes such that, you know, instead of over Jill's shoulder, you're now, you know, in front of Jill left will still be left until you stop pressing that direction and press a new direction. Um, Now, one of the things I noticed with the new control scheme is you have way more control over your character, right? Because in, in the tank, in the tank controls, you, you basically can only ever move forward or backward, basically. Yeah, yeah and, and you can't even move backward that fast. You have to stop and, like, turn to change your direction. Which, which is makes a terrible you... way to run from zombies. Like, everybody Exactly. Knows it makes you way less mobile. But I yeah. think the game was kind of designed around that control scheme. Because I was right. noticing with the new controls, it's, like, way easy to juke out some of the early game zombies. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I was I was noticing the game... Uh, is definitely easier with oh, the, yeah. with the alternate control scheme. So which, much easier. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but uh, eh, whatever. Yeah. It kind of defeats um, the purpose, but you know what? It's more realistic. Like in real life, I'm not going to be running down a corridor and then yeah. like get to a corner and then like stop and then you yeah. know 90 degree turn in isolation and then move forward again. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's certainly more realistic, but uh, I think it kind of breaks the game a little bit (laughs) yeah Uh, eh, whatever i forgot when um so it's been it's been a while since i um played this game uh i uh i finished it way back uh way back when but i i replayed it a bit um just to prepare for this podcast i forgot uh first of all (laughs) booting it up and watching that opening cinematic that brings back some memories um but i forgot when you when you go in the mansion, the very first piece of subtitled text says, enter the survival horror, which like, how prophetic was that? Because like, yeah. that that was not 
like that was not a term that was in like the game industry that was not a term in the game industry until like survival and horror was but like combining those two survival horror that was not a thing until resident evil Yeah. yeah and i mean this is I mean, there are you know there are other horror games that are have survival elements that have that have that came before Resident Evil, but I this in a lot of ways was the first survival horror game or the first popular survival horror game, and just I forgot that like that term survival horror like that's where it comes from is the opening of this game. All right, uh, the father I, of all survival horrors, right here. Yeah, I totally forgot about Enter the Survival Horror and like how how like uh forward looking or how whatever prophetic that was because i mean obviously resident evil spawned a bunch of uh copycats and uh, has obviously uh, influenced a lot of other uh games just a lot of other survival horror games man this game is like i guess it's it's one of those weird games that's been just you know remade and re-released so many times it's just kind of always been around but uh, uh-huh. just kind of a classic um a classic like every every video game education course should should you know have resident evil somewhere in there like just oh yeah a uh classic if, game if for no other reason just uh than for like the level design and the atmosphere you you brought up the original Reg- resident evil um yeah. which i think is kind of what everyone thinks of or what most people think of when you say like a resident evil um yeah. i think like weirdly the remake the gamecube remake or the remake remake whatever you want to call it I, they're mostly the same game yeah is kind of like forgotten about like people tend to forget about this game which um what i'm about to say might be blasphemous to like hardcore resident evil fans i think the remake is the objectively superior game in every way to, yeah. to the original playstation version yeah i mean you're, you're not wrong but it this is tricky with remakes because I'm definitely in that camp of people who kind of forgets about the remakes. Like that's why right. we had this whole conversation of like, right. it's just been remade so many times. I don't really remember the remakes, but I always remember the original. Right. Part of that is probably just admittedly like nostalgia and mm-hmm. you know, the, the origin thing is always just a little bit more memorable um, mm-hmm. because I would definitely agree that like in every other way, I mean, I just talked about the controls, you know, the, the remakes and everything are, are going to be better uh just from a technical perspective i guess but i don't know man just i guess i kind of see them all as like you know separate games but also one game you know it's getting Uh... getting deep i'm not high enough for this conversation yet (laughs) um yeah i don't know i think there's a pretty pretty uh what what the remake offers i mean the main thing it offers is a substantial visual upgrade but that the like audio visual presentation of the remake is really what sets this apart from the original. I mean, a, a lot of when when you think about the original Resident Evil, you think of like the super super cheesy stuff, like the the cheesy live action stuff and uh the super cheesy like, "Oh, Jill, why don't you, the master of lock picking, take <laughs> this lock bit like the terrible voice acting." Yeah. Uh Resident Evil, uh, the remake, has repurposed a lot of those scenes and rewritten a lot of those lines and uh, re-delivered a lot of those lines much more convincingly. I still forgot how, like, um, campy this is. Like, it's still, like, kind of campy, 
zombie garbage. <laughs> but uh, like, I, it's I don't know. It's like a it's just zombie camp, right? Like it's yeah. it's um, uh, I don't know. It's campy, but it's still it, it's campy without ever getting um, cheesy. You know. Right. Does that make sense? I guess. Because, like, the original one was, you know, super cheese. Yeah. <laughs> cheese galore. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I wanted to compliment the, the remake for keeping the spirit of the original uh, intact. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, taking out a lot of the cheese and uh, replacing that with uh, more tension and dread, I guess. Sure. I mean, that, that's definitely Very... uh, worth worth noting. That's a good skill. Very good remake. I don't, uh, on the subject of remakes, maybe one of the best video game remakes ever. I, I can't think of any other remake that's better than this one. Because sometimes with all these remasters and remakes, um, so- sometimes the the creators, they get really focused in on one aspect of the game and, and they don't really understand what the total package of what made the original so beloved. Uh, this is like... A case of yeah no 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 we totally understand why the original was amazing and we're going to expand on that right because the remake offers that big visual upgrade um that really just uh amps up the the dread and the tension of the game uh but one of the smartest things the remake uh puts in that was i'm pretty sure not in the original and uh whatever if there's any hardcore resident evil fans listening you can uh, correct me in the comments if I'm wrong about this, but the remake adds the crimson head zombies and the ability to burn bodies. So, um, w- what happens? What 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 makes this game? Um, what what I think makes this game so great is you have this big um, non-linear mansion that you're in, right? You're, you're and and oh, yeah. and I say it's it's non-linear. You're you're going in a room, you get a key and like, oh, maybe this is a key to one of the other rooms I previously was in. So you're, you know, you're, there's a lot of backtracking and yeah. walking back and forth between the hallways. In the remake, they add zombies that can come back to life. And when they come back to oh, life, yeah. Yeah. they're twice as fast and twice as strong. These are known as the Crimson Head zombies. Oh, God. Um, now, in order to prevent Crimson Head zombies from appearing, you can... Uh, if you're lucky enough to get a headshot on a you know a base zombie, then they won't reappear as crimson heads. But also, you can burn their bodies. But there's a whole bunch of uh, strategic decisions you have to make. Um, first of all, uh, carrying around the kerosene lamp takes up another slot in your already very limited inventory, right? Right. Uh, so that's one drawback. And then when you think about burning the body, you have to think, because you only have a limited amount of kerosene. There there is a finite amount of kerosene in the game, and there's a finite amount of kerosene you can take with you in in your, um, whatever, in your kerosene canteen, whatever it is. a lot of finites, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, there's a lot of finites, like you just said, and that's, (laughs) that's kind of like... People think of like, oh, this is like a, a horror game, like a survival horror game. Like that's where the survival is in this game. Because you think yeah. of like modern survival games and it's all about, you know, these these ma- managing. Yeah. Yes. And that is yeah. so much of what, what Resident Evil is and specifically the remake is. 
because you, you have to really think like, is this worth my kerosene to, to burn this body? And am, am I in a location that I'm going to be coming back and forth a whole lot in? Am I in like a main hallway? Is it, is it, you know, am, am Am I, is this a smart decision to burn this body or am I like, I in a corner of the mansion that like, eh, I'm probably not going to return here too much. But the like, mm-hmm. the enemy placement and the layout of the mansion is such that you're constantly, yeah. constantly making those risk reward decisions. That That's um, definitely a, a really good and interesting part of, of the remakes, but I'll give you the flip side. It's a double-edged mm-hmm. sword. Yep. And this is coming from a guy that we've, you know, we've talked about this briefly in the podcast before, but you know, I'm a I'm a big guy. You know, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm, a I'm a pretty manly man. You know, I shoot yep. guns, and yep. I like sports. You know, yep. but <laughs> yep. uh, but one of those is more true than the other. Yeah, whatever. You know, I like well. Okay, I don't like traditional sports, but I like I like sports about self defense. So that yeah, makes me okay, even sure. more manly. All right. right. Okay. Yeah. And and so you know, I I do Brazilian jiu jitsu. Like like I I can defend myself. You know. Mm-hmm. But and you know. And it's not so much with movies and stuff, but with games, I just like to I cower under the table whenever <laughs> anything remotely uh-huh. scary comes up. And that's just because mm-hmm. I think it's because I'm just so immersed in games. I immerse myself mm-hmm. and I believe I am the character, you know. So 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 saying all that, when the first time that one of those crimson zombies like that mm-hmm. runs faster and everything, mm-hmm. um, I was not expecting that. So nope. I had played the first game many, many times and I was like, Yeah, these zombies are slow and they and they're stupid. Mm-hmm. And then that happened and I shit my pants. Oh and yeah. Then, and then and then there was like a time so so the other thing about those zombies is like um you can hear them, right? Like they their mm-hmm. their steps are very loud and they're very fast. You know, like they're very specific pacing that, that shocks you and then you're like, Oh my god, it's one of those, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was a time where um I was just at the foot of some stairs, I forget which part of the mansion. And I could hear the zombie running, but I couldn't tell where it was. Oh, yeah. And it, mm-hmm. and it was the pathing was such that it was never coming on screen, but it was <laughs> always running. So I could always hear it like in the room with me, but I couldn't figure out where the fuck it was coming from. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't move. And that was the end of the game. <laughs> I, just stayed, <laughs> I just stayed at the foot of the stairs and didn't play the game anymore. So, so on the flip side, as cool as that game mechanic was, it also causes pe- us you know horror game phobics to uh yeah to quit so yeah no it's it's this game is really really tense especially if, you know yeah. i mean basically basically we're playing a game that's 15 years old uh, if you consider you know the remake came out in 2002 and the original was what 90 something yeah i mean this game is old but still so tense because yeah. uh first of all those those fixed camera angles like like you the said camera there are, angles man so are, there are times when you can hear the zombie but don't know where it is, and that's Ugh. so tense. And yeah. um, especially the sound design in this game is so good. Um, the, 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 the visuals and the sound design are really, uh, God, are just spectacular. The mix of um, like really intense kind of... Uh, ambient noise like I, I i think of like the foyer um like it's one of the very first rooms you go into with the fireplace there's uh like a grandfather clock in there and it's oh, just yeah. making this ticking noise this dang keep me out man like that but then the next room you go in is just like silent like the mix the mix of the just like pulse pounding intense ambient noise 
with silence is like that's so effective in building dread like oh it's so good there's just so many tricks this game pulls that uh just like god really put you on the edge of your seat very good so uh yeah um how how far did you how far did you get with this i i don't I, I don't um, want to, like, spoil a bunch of stuff that you potentially hadn't seen. Oh, okay. Well, you know, going back to my whole, you know, uh-huh. barely touch horror games with mm-hmm. a 10-inch pole, um, I have never officially finished any Resident Evil, maybe. Okay, okay. So, and at this point, I never will. So, feel <laughs> free to spoil and, you know, that's that's fine. I I have no interest in really playing horror <clears throat> games. Well, I just wanted to comment on some of the, like, really good, uh, I don't know, really good scares this game has. So, Let's talk about uh, I think I think one of the infamous, did you get to the dogs in the window? Oh, yeah, of course. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's class, classic, mm-hmm. classic scare. And I forgot, because everyone talks about, ah, the, the, you're, you're walking through the hallway, the dogs break through the window, and it's a loud yeah. noise, and it scares yeah. you, and you have to... I forgot that that jump scare is totally telegraphed. the The first time you walk yeah. through that hallway, the glass just kind of breaks shadow. just a little bit. Just a little piece comes out, and you're like, "What? What the hell was that?" Uh, <laughs> but if you so if you creepy. don't make yeah, if you don't make a mental note of that, like, uh, then you you forget the next time you come through the hall that yeah. that's totally telegraphed. But if if you kind of made a mental note, you you I don't know, kind of know that it's coming, right? Yeah. Um. And and the other thing was uh, the I I forget what the name of the the exact name of the enemy is, but the one that uh, uh, busts down the doors. Oh my god! I hate those things <laughs> because uh, kind of the, the the pacing of, of Resident Evil is such that every every time you open a door that can be opened, there's uh, I don't know three or four second scene. Where you know you're you're the camera kind of approaches the door and the door swings open and the camera kind of goes through the door. It's kind of this little cinematic, and it kind of allows you to take a deep breath, like ah, like just a second uh, before you go into the next room and the tension starts ramping up again, right? Uh, that dynamic is kind of flipped on its head when you get towards the end of the game. There are enemies that when you approach a door will make a really loud noise, kick down the door, and just be immediately in your face. So you're expe- you're expecting a kind of like, ah, you're expecting like this exhale moment, and then like, oh my god, like this like thing is right in my face. All of a sudden, like, oh, it's just so, just the way this game plays scares, with, uh, yeah, but this game is really good at them. <laughs> I hate I them too. I hate I them too, but this game is really good at playing uh playing with the whatever ups and downs of 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 tension this game manages its its uh level of tension really well and yeah, uh and with all the that... effects that we talked about earlier with the camera mm-hmm. and the sound sometimes yeah did you notice this is one of the only games i can think of that does thunder and lightning um uh audio visually realistically uh, because like in real life mm-hmm. if if you see a lightning flash unless you're like right by it, you won't hear it for a few seconds, right? You hear the, you see that, and then, you know, you see the lightning flash and then one Mississippi, two Mississippi, then, right? right. Yeah, Resident Evil does that, Um, which is weird because like most horror games kind of use, 
uh, Thunder and Lightning is like a mini jump scare because you just get this big audiovisual sensation just all at once, like a right. right? Right. No, this game, uh, it, 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 you see the lightning flash, and then you know you can count one, two, and then the thunder comes. I don't know. That was yeah. I never. I can't think of another game that does it realistically like that. I mean, yeah, no, that, but you know, sometimes that extra bit of realism is just a little bit mm-hmm. even more creepy because you get mm-hmm. that that flash, and then you just you know that the big sound is coming, and that just mm-hmm. anticipation makes it even worse. You know, you know <clears throat> that's one thing I want to mention. There, and that, this might be the only reason that, like Resident Evil, this this you know game we're talking about is the only is probably mm-hmm. the one that I got the closest to completing. Completing, um, and it's because what I find most terrifying in games that really you know attempt to to get that fear element out of us um, mm-hmm. is not like jump scares and stuff. Um, it's or even some, I guess sometimes it's like kind of more like environmental things which resident evil does but like yeah i mean but the like the creepiest things that i find in games is when like i don't know how to explain it it's like it's not a dog jumping through a window like i mean obviously that's right. a jump that's a jump scare that's a big deal right yeah but yep, it's yep. definitely more like just eerie sort of plays on like physics or reality you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. things like that and we'll talk about that a little more when we talk about our top five but okay um and i mean i'm not to say that resident evil doesn't have that but i think this game is just kind of more just a traditional sort of like you know creepy things happen and jump out at you and, and i think that makes it a little bit easier for me to go through which you know it, it, yeah. it's fun it's just kind of more fun it's like thrilling you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah before we move on i just want to say can we get more games that have level and map design like the spencer mansion like yeah uh i i love i love non-linear um yeah and it doesn't even have to be like because we we just talked on a previous episode about like big open world games like those have non-linear levels but that's not really what i'm talking about i'm talking about these like smaller games that you because like if if you play the first resident evil for a few hours you don't even, at a certain point, you don't even need to look at the map anymore. You just have that committed to memory. I mean, obviously, it's still nice to look at the map because the map tells you, you know, which rooms you've completed and whether or not there's any items you missed or whatever. But I mean, like, you don't need to look at the map to know how to get to a certain room. You, You just start doing that routing in your head. That just becomes just a thing you can do. Like, I love that sensation when when you've you've committed a, a a video game level just committing that to your brain and being able to navigate that without uh i don't know without a map or without yeah. a radar or without any kind of hand holding i don't know that's that's fun i like yeah. that i want more levels like the spencer mansion it's a more kind of realistic immersion because like in real life if you you know stayed in a mansion long enough you probably would just sort of know you know mm-hmm. how to get around and Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in that same way, you kind of learn it, and it becomes a part of you. You will always remember that layout for to the end of your days. Classic horror game, Resident Evil. How about our top five favorite horror games? Top five favorite horror games. Um, my number five. Um, I struggled with this list actually. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the harder lists we've had to do. I've, I had a million different things in my number five slot but uh what i ended up going with is um bioshock uh-huh. i cool i like i like me some bioshock yeah. um what one of the scariest things about bioshock was 
um, the way they did atmosphere. And it's not, um, I, it's not the same type of atmosphere that, for instance, Resident Evil creates. There's not just the whatever uh, looming sense of dread and the tension that builds up. This is more like being on... I, I always compare the original Bioshock to like being on like a, a Walt Disney World uh, ride where just each room is just the most uh, uh, aggressively in-your-face just... Um, hmm. aesthetically, just all over the place, just just yeah. lights and and sounds, like, like and... those like those four D experiences where like they're yeah, you know, really making you immersed into the moment or whatever. Yeah, Bioshock has so much of that. Like yeah. you take any any you know any screenshot of Bioshock just looks so busy. There's just so much stuff always going on all at once. Um, but I I liked that. Uh, it. it 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 never felt overwhelming, even though there was there was always so many different things to look at and uh, look at and hear and uh, whatever. There's always sounds playing and and crazy stuff to look at, and I love uh, the entire you know underwater city rapture uh, aesthetically. The other thing, uh, the thing that always stands out to me about Bioshock, the thing I remember that always got me. Uh, and it's not even truly a jump scare that's in Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a like surprising thing that freaks you out. And um, if this happened to you, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. It's uh, the doctor in in like the medical area early in the game. Yeah. Um, so what happens? And apparently this doesn't happen to everyone. Okay. But um, there is. Oh, I should have looked this up um, uh, before <laughs> I started describing this. The but I'm gonna one, try like, to. You get into like almost like a like a boss fight with the doctor, right, or something? Mm, or they're like mm, they're like working on someone. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna try to describe this from memory, and and hopefully people will know what I'm describing. Um, I remember in the original, early in the original Bioshock, there's an area you go into, and um, you you kind of wander in, and and there's a bunch of stuff that draws your attention immediately in front of you, and you're kind of rummaging through the stuff. And when you spin around, the game has placed an enemy behind you who just stares there, who is like uncomfortably close to you, but just kind of stands there and stares at you and doesn't do anything. That freaks me the fuck out. Uh, I hate I remember stuff like, like that. I remember, and I think I think it's like a a, a scripted thing. I, I think that's yeah. what I that's what I remember thinking was like, oh no. my god, that's so clever. Because the the game draws your attention to the end of this room, right. and it's like a dead end. So when you turn around, when you inevitably turn around, there's this guy just staring at you. And I, I remember like freaking out and just like spraying bullets everywhere. But yeah. now I cannot, I can't even find a, any evidence that what I'm describing exists. I do in remember a thing in, in the room and interacting with that, and then turning around and seeing an enemy. I, I think I do remember that. I don't think I had anything to do with the doctor though. I remember him being a doctor. Oh. Uh, but I do... That does ring a bell. Oh, is he a dentist? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, okay, yes. I, I am not making this up. Okay, it's a dentist, not a doctor. Okay, yeah. I, I just watched a video of it. Okay, now now I can relax knowing that I did not fabricate this completely out of nothing. All right, oh, anyway. Yeah, I, I remember that scene too. Um, You know, the way, a lot of people, though, say that, you know... It's kind of silly to think Bioshock of of a of a, like a, as a horror game, so it's kind of odd that you would choose that. 
I I think it has element. I, well, I mean, primarily it's a whatever it is. It's a first person shooter with RPG elements, but it definitely has elements of horror. With I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's really just it's a it's a shooter with like special abilities. It's kind of more like action. I think it's kind of silly that you would choose that as your as a what do you game. mean? I just don't see it as like a top five horror game. What do you like? What you don't think it's a horror game? No, yeah, it's more just like a shooter with like special abilities. You know, you jump so around no, shooting nothing, lightning. Nothing in that game was scary, like the, the the whole dentist thing we just described. None of the like weird. Yeah, but it's more in like a first person shooter action packed sort of. You know. Overall oh, then thing. you're not gonna like the next game on my list either. Then. Oh yeah. Well, my number yeah. five is Bioshock. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I have I have had people tell me that though. What? That like it that like I like when when Bioshock was just first a thing, I was uh-huh. you know hesitant to play it, and I finally did play it, and it took me like thirty years to finish it because it was so scary, and people gave me a lot of crap <laughs> yeah. about it. Oh, fuck them! Whatever, man. I'm, here we go, though. James motherfucking Wolf has Bioshock <laughs> on his number five top five horror games. So now I feel uh, validated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's 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 definitely got horror elements. Yeah. I mean, it's not a survival horror game, but it's it's got no, horror elements. But it's like yeah. it's a scary ass game, man. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. 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 Well, that was yeah. my number five too. So glad we talked yeah. about it. <laughs> Okay, is that all you got? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, what more is there to say? All right. Number four. Um, well, <laughs> my number four is uh, uh, a game in the Resident Evil series. And as good as I think the Resident Evil remake is, and I, I think that game is a masterpiece. It is a masterclass in, in, in tension. In, in building tension and dread. It is a masterclass in level design. Uh, like when, when you said earlier that that game should be like studied as, as a part of like video game curriculum, I totally 100% agree. I think that game is a masterpiece. However, it is not my favorite Resident Evil game. Oh, My favorite Resident Evil game is Resident Evil 4. And I'm sure I will take flack from Resident Evil fans like, ah, you picked the action one. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, this this game um, really was the first Resident Evil game that kind of got away from the survival horror roots and really kind of transitioned into being more of a you know bang bang action game, which um, kind of uh, sent this series down a dark path, which we've only recently recovered from in in Resident Evil Seven. But uh, anyway, Resident Evil Four, um, I, I maintain that this is. Still a very tense and horrific game uh, because even though, yes, you have a lot of um, control, you have more control over your character, enemies, individual enemies, um, like any individual enemy is is less scary uh, because you have, you know, big guns and you can take them down quickly. Um, but there are still, there are still a lot of really tense moments in this game because, um, mostly because of, well, A, the atmosphere, but B, the enemy design. So even though usually one single enemy is never going to be a threat, there are enemies that can 
kill you in one hit, like the chainsaw zombies. That's not what they're called, but uh, yeah, I remember you, those. The chainsaw. Anyone who's played the game knows exactly what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the whatever, like the giant uh, potato head zombies can swallow you in one piece. And there's a couple of other zombies that can really dish out uh, damage really quickly. And um, those kind of get lost because what this game loves to do is just throw a bunch of enemies at you all at once, right? And if you're not really careful with, um, you know, taking enemies out quickly or, you know, not not careful about uh, keeping enough space between you and the enemies, uh, the, the, the really dangerous ones can kind of sneak up on you and, and take you out. Uh, but also, so there's that. Um, and also, God, there's, there's a lot of really good enemy design in this. Uh, so I mentioned a couple of the ones that can kill you in one hit. Mm-hmm. There's also the ones that can't see and can only track you by sound, which is really great, which means, A, you can't run, because if you run, they hear your footsteps. B, every time you shoot, they know where, where your position is. So that's scary. You can't run and you can't shoot. Yeah. Uh, which makes fighting uh, fighting the enemies who can't see, like they, they have these huge claw arms and they have these like crazy, they swing in these big arcing circles. So they have like this very large damage radius that they can hit you in um but uh they they just can't see you so they just kind of wander around blindly until you make a sound so um uh one of the the first time you encounter one it's just by himself and the way you're supposed to defeat him is to lure him by ringing a bell and then he kind of attacks the bell and you can get him while he's ringing the bell but this game does what it always does and eventually starts mixing that enemy type in with just the big crowd of enemies right right so now you've got to shoot at these enemies who can kill you in one hit right you got to keep these off of you but every time you shoot you would attract the sound the zombie sound but yeah also the the oh god i can't remember any of the zombie names of the zombies in resident Evil, but the one that you have to look through the the special he's invincible unless you look through the special lens oh, and the, yeah. like uh the infrared lens to see his weak spots because the first time you face this enemy he's like basically invincible you can't hit him at all and then you have to get a special scope for your sniper rifle and like hit his weak spots uh i like that enemy the the invisible ones that like can disappear and then reappear right before they attack you it's um, so silly. I, I think it's kind of funny that your number four and my number four both had to do this, where, like, just a zombie just doesn't cut it anymore. You have uh-huh. to have the invisible zombie and the fat zombie <laughs> and the sound zombie. Like, All right, um, what's your number four? My number four also mm-hmm. has, like, different zombie types uh, mm-hmm. and is also much more action-oriented. I'm not even sure it qualifies as a horror game, it's mm-hmm. left for dead. Yeah, yeah, it's a horror game. I mean, it's Why in, not? it's yeah. in that it's in that realm of things, you know. Yeah. There's zombies and you know. yeah, there's definitely zombies. But I mean, it's mostly Counter Strike Source with the zombie skin makeover, like mm-hmm. just running around, like running and gunning zombies. The cool thing about yep. Left for Dead is kind of like uh, this, like created this whole new type of game that mm-hmm. really wasn't a thing before, like this whole co op. You know, players versus environment sort of thing where we all had mm-hmm. to try to survive. Um, many fun memories of like friends who, you know, were running around with a horde of zombies behind them, and three of us were in a safe room, and one guy's left, and and then he falls, and everyone's just like, "Leave him," you know. And he just <laughs> yep, yeah, that's uh, 
really that's, that's kind of what real life would be like you know <laughs> would you leave me behind i mean only if you were an idiot and got caught by the zombie that sucks you over with the tongue you know yeah so there's... yeah you're right uh left for dead's doing a lot of the same sort of things resident evil uh 4 is doing with yeah. the monster design there's a bunch of different ones that you all you you have to be very aware of the special zombies and right. um yeah the cool uh, thing about left for uh, dead is they kind of um announced a zombie type yep. was in yep. the group by sound mm-hmm. each each mm-hmm. zombie sort of had a distinct either one breathes a certain way or you'd hear like a, the squashing yeah. sound of the of the big fat zombie or yeah you'd hear yeah. the belcher coming you'd hear the, the screamer yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um so that was kind of neat like you everyone would hear it and be like oh god uh, where is it which way is it you know mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. and then of course the scariest thing about left for dead was the uh the witches uh oh yeah they would like be crying in a corner and and you'd hear it's all about sound in that game so you'd hear some girl crying you know and your uh-huh. character would be like oh there's there's a witch somewhere you know and if you make too much noise or shoot at her or whatever this was a super strong high health uh fast uh, monster mm-hmm. that would kill you in like two hits and she could just launch at you well if you frighten also her. also the thing that was doing was you couldn't shine your flashlight on that's, the witch you had right. to turn your flashlight's off, so anytime you heard a witch crying, it was lights off, and yeah. you had to play that game in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's some intense moments there. That's, mm-hmm. and the story was just kind of like over the top though, and uh, and silly, and uh, oh, super campy, yeah, 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 very, very, just kind of horror camp, like traditional, uh, uh, making fun of those traditional tropes, you know, um, in like horror zombie games and stuff. Yeah, Left for Dead, just kind of all around good fun. I still know people to this day that are just out there playing left for death <laughs> like oh yeah 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 that game still has a community like, definitely, there's yeah. one guy at work i just wish you would stop inviting me every single week and he's like hey should we play <laughs> some left for dead guys and i'm like dude it's 2018 like we're not playing left for yeah, dead left anymore. for dead's still good i'd be down no for it's some still good dead. it's just like i don't know i guess that maybe for halloween for halloween i would play some left for dead there you go play some left for dead with your worthy work friend um my number three uh is a game i talked about on a previous episode it is called stories untold it is a um it's a collection of five separate horror games that are all uh mechanically unique um and aesthetically unique but uh do have a through line in the narrative and the story um so when i say they're all mechanically unique uh, the first one, the first, uh, I'm going to try to avoid spoilers in this, so I'm just going to talk about the first game in the collection. Uh, the first game in the collection is a, um, like, old school uh, text interface um, uh, adventure game almost. So it's like, you know, it, it describes like, okay, you are in a house, you see, you know, blood on the chair or whatever. What, what do you want to do? And it's, you know, one of those like go left, go up the stairs, go, you know, that sort of thing. Um, a, a, a text adventure game. Right. Um, and it is framed as you are, your in-game avatar is playing this game on a computer. Uh, so it's kind of, uh, it, it kind of gets kind of meta because you are a person playing this game on a computer who is 
an avatar playing another game on a computer. And it uses um, this, whatever, it uses this level of uh, extraction in a lot of really interesting ways. Um, and I don't think I can describe any of them without uh, ruining some of the fun surprises this game has. But um, it's a really good, creepy story. If you're if you're in the mood to experience um, some really creepy stuff. Um, I'm never in that mood. um yeah it's 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 fun uh at at first glance these games all appear to be unique and distinct but uh you'll start to realize that there is a through line that that runs through all of these games um the first game in the collection is called the house abandon and the entire game uh collection uh the the whole the whole collection is on Steam, and it's called Stories Untold. Stories Untold. Uh, hmm. Yep, it's kind of got like a, a Stranger Things '80s yeah. synth. Uh, it's 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 kind of got some '80s uh, weird uh, aesthetic going on too. If if that's your thing, I, I was actually untold. thinking yeah, that Stranger Things when I saw some of the clips that I've seen for Stories Untold. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. it's yeah. So my number three, I mean, real quickly, we'll just cover it. It's Resident Evil 1. Uh, oh, okay. We've already talked a lot about it, but it's one of the... Now the original or the remake? I, I'm just going to go with original. Just, okay. Just because... Right. You, you like some of that cheese, huh? I like the cheese. That that makes it a little bit easier for me to play these games. Gotcha. Yeah, and, it's uh, a little tension relief. Right, yeah. right. And uh, and you'll yeah. see that. That's kind of a theme with my, with my games is... Like Left 4 Dead, Bioshock, Resident Evil, so far mm-hmm. they all have a, a good amount of like tension relief. You know, mm-hmm. these are the only games that I can actively play. You know, in this in this gotcha. genre, um, that's good. Yeah, but but you know what? There's jump scares and there's moments where you know. Oh yeah, I've you those know, dogs, like, that glass, man. Yeah, sure. And you know, but I I will just kind of tip of the hat to the remakes for those fast zombies, but that yeah. that really did put it over the edge i was not able to complete those games uh, yeah that was terrible no, they're they're very tense um and you'll be able to play the original resident evil or at least the director's cut of the resident resident evil game which i think has some uh it's got some different music and it's got a different dungeon or something i, I don't know there's so many different versions and remakes and re-releases of this game but the director's cut of the original ps1 game will be on the PS1 Classic that comes out oh. uh, this holiday season, nice. I think. So there's a good way to replay the original Resident Evil. Well, and I might just do that. My number two is a uh, visual novel. Uh, it is a horror-themed visual novel. It is another game I have discussed on this podcast before. It is called 999, 9 Hours, ah. 9 Persons, 9 Doors. Okay, good um, choice. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, the premise to this game is you've been kidnapped. Uh, you wake up in this unfamiliar room. Uh, you don't, uh, you're, you're locked in this room. You're being held prisoner. You don't know who took you, why they took you, whatever. Uh, you, uh, you have a bracelet on your arm. Uh, it's got a number on it. And uh, eventually you find that there's other prisoners in this facility, right? And all of these other prisoners have different numbers on their watches that um, 
all correspond to these different doors. So there's different doors in this facility. There's doors numbered one through nine. And in order to, yeah, and in order to go through a door, uh, the number on the numbers on your watches have to add up to the door number. So, for instance, if I wanted to go through uh, the number nine door, uh, I could do that with a four and a five. So it kind of, um, uh, or or I could do that with you know uh, a three, a two, and a, what am I at? I got to do some. I could do that with a three, a two, and a four. Right? Yeah. There's there's different there's different combinations you can use to come up with these numbers. And we all know the um, scariest things in life are math. Yeah, and the goal you you realize this is kind of like um, it's sort of like a visual novel version of Saw, the movie Saw. Yeah. The goal of the game is to escape, uh, but you realize uh, this is kind of, you know, like like Saw, this is a life and death game because you realize the bracelets on your hand are, uh, they have a bomb in them. And if you break one of the rules of the game, for instance, going through one of the doors with the wrong number, right, without doing the math correctly, you blow up. Um, and it becomes a, it's kind of a, you know, it's a mystery visual novel with a lot of horror elements. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to go ahead and spoil something. Uh, people die. Uh, so there's, you know, it's, there's some, there's some death uh, and a lot of creepy stuff that's going on in the game. But there's also a lot of mystery, right? You're trying to figure out why you're in this facility, who kidnapped you, who among these other prisoners uh, can you trust, who is, you know, who is and is not what, what they say they are, who can be trusted, who's lying, you know uh yeah it's it's a it's a very good um horror mystery visual novel uh and it's got um it's got some it's got some light puzzles in it to help break up the visual novel sections it's not just a pure visual novel there are some you know light puzzle gameplay stuff but if any of what i described sounds good you should definitely check out nine hours nine persons nine doors which you can find as part of the Zero Escape Collection on Steam, which has this game and two of its sequels all bundled into one package. I forget the Zero that. Escape. Yeah, the Zero Escape trilogy, or Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, Nine Nine Nine. They're 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 good. Yeah, I was gonna say the originals on DS, but you can get it the PC version. Yeah, and might also be on console. I don't know. I know it's on PC and DS. Great anyway. games, though, man. Like really, yeah, fantastic fantastic horror mysteries yeah yeah um okay so i'm really excited about my top two uh Ooh. yeah these are like legitimately like horror games that i like really enjoyed uh um, okay yeah. here we go here we go so number two again the cheesiness and the campiness uh-huh to the extreme for number okay. two uh yeah. it is until dawn oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> this, nice this, this, good pick this game um definitely it classifies as a horror game only in that it's basically created to make fun of everything about horror like movies and, and like the tropes are all there yeah you know it's, it's very aware of all of yeah, the tropes of horror games very horror self-aware yeah. um yeah. yeah yeah and um the gore level is just ridiculous you know yeah what is the premise of the game though 
Well, the um, you know, I'm not, and I, it's kind of hard to explain. I guess the premise of the game is that you've got a group of kids um, who wind teenagers, up teenagers, of course, teenagers, yeah. of course, classic, who wind up yeah. um, in a they're in a cabin um, or sort of getaway, sort of a thing, all on their own. Yeah, uh, yeah, of and, course, yeah. And things start happening around the cabin. People are you know suddenly dying or, or disappearing and. There's, there may or may not be the classic like groundskeeper who is super shady yeah. looking and, and you know a creepy old guy yeah yeah, yeah. and so yeah, yeah it's um but there's a lot of twists and and there's some legitimate jump scares and then there's uh, just some really cheesy gore and stuff too and this is all around fun and all of that is encompassed in the whole my favorite sort of game that I like to play with my wife where you have to make decisions on the fly and certain characters oh yeah live or die based on your like decisions you have to just choose a path sort of thing out of nowhere uh, or or a response or an action um so yeah that's a great game to play with somebody else yeah. or with another group of people yeah it's i a found great spectating game one of the yeah really great spectating game to the point where i, I know a lot of streamers would actually make mm-hmm. make a sort of a events out of it where, where the viewers can like quickly you know decide which which path the streamer would take or something like that Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Uh. Until dawn. If you have not played that game, it is worth a playthrough. It is so fun. That's a good one. Great pick. Yeah. Uh. It is time for my number one. I'm excited. Um, number one horror game. This is my all time favorite this horror game. Um. This. Uh. I. I. <laughs> this is another one that I've talked. Uh, I brought up on another episode of this podcast. Uh, it is Silent Hill 2. Ah, um, I had a feeling that's where you would go. Um, I did not recently replay this game, but I recently watched uh, a streamer play this game, one of my favorite streamers. Uh, and that's not something I normally do, but there's uh, uh, there's a streamer that I, I, I sort of follow, and he was playing this game, and I was like, oh, this is a great way to re-experience this game, uh, was to watch him play through it again. Uh, we talked about how good the original Re- or the Resident Evil remake was at creating um, tension and dread. Uh, oh man, oh man, is is Silent Hill very, <laughs> very good at that? Yeah. Um, I could never play Silent uh, Hill. That that is one thing I will say for it. If you want to know if a game is scary or not, it's whether or not I've actually mm-hmm. been able to play it or not. <laughs> that is a game I cannot play. I will say this is a game that is less big on the jump scares. There are some uh, jump scares in Silent Hill, but that's not really... But again, it's not about the jump scares. Everything else makes it way more creepy. The, yeah, this game just excels at making a really, really oppressive environment that just... You just know this place was just designed to freak you the fuck out <laughs> yeah. um this is this is way more of a whereas resident evil was kind of a i, I was surprised uh because i didn't really remember this it, i was kind of surprised at how campy it felt especially just because there's just so our, our culture is now just so saturated in zombie stuff yeah and some of the camp and the zombie stuff of resident evil uh, that that is where I felt like the game was a little bit dated. Um, just the I don't know yeah. the zombie camp. Uh, like I said, nobody nobody's afraid of zombies anymore. Yeah, Silent Hill is. I, I don't from from as time 
from an aesthetic standpoint that i don't think this game will ever age right. this game will is creepy was creepy is creepy and will always be creepy it <laughs> It it creates a different type of horror. This is all like a, a very psychological, um, a very cerebral and psychological game to the point where just the the even the the level design and and I mean that both both aesthetically and like the actual geometry of the levels. Mm. Uh, especially the la- one of the last dungeons, the Silent Hill S- Historical Society, and if you've played the game, you know what I'm talking about. The geometry of the game is just there to absolutely fuck with you. It it it's it is it heck? is simultaneously so oppressive that it makes you it freaks you out. It's just so oppressive and wrong. But simultaneously, it is Silent Hill is a place that I loved watching this guy play through. I loved being in that place again, even though it, it's just so fucked up. I just <laughs> loved re-experiencing that. This is a game that also tackles... Um, it was way ahead of its time in that it was tackling a lot of really mature subjects. There's a lot of... Uh, the heavy top, a lot of really heavy topics, um, really, really heavy topics in this game. Um, so if you're not into having your psyche drilled into, and if you're not up to tackling a lot of deep subjects, um, I don't know, maybe steer clear of this one, but (laughs) if you are, this is God. And oh my God, I forgot. I remembered what the ending of this game is, but holy cow, I forgot the ending of this game uh, just hits you like a ton of bricks. It's so effective, um, so emotionally impactful. Uh, God, I cannot say enough good things about this game. Also, the soundtrack is fucking spectacular. The sound design, and yeah, the, the, the sound design is on par with Resident Evil, maybe even maybe even a notch above uh resident evil the remake the, the sound design is just so good the monster design is so good um I'll, I'll address like one of the criticisms of the game is uh the combat is incredibly clunky uh which is definitely true but it's clunky in the same way that re1 is is clunky right you have those tank controls you have kind of this awkward aiming system yeah. it's designed i feel that it's designed to make you feel disempowered right, right? you that, don't... That, i was about to say that that's kind of part of it though you know like right yeah. yeah it's it's kind of what what the resident evil series lost track of right because they in re4 they gave you you know all these crazy machine guns and whatever and it, it yeah. really upped their power level and that kind of continued in re5 and re6 to the point where this isn't not, nothing is scary anymore right because your 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 character is so powerful that nothing is scary Hey, they definitely um, so, fixed it for RE7, I'll tell you that. Oh, oh, no, RE7 is 100% gone back to the survival horror <laughs> yeah. roots. Oh, absolutely. That game was terrible. I could um, not play more than like 30 minutes of that game. Did I say 5 and 6 or 6 and no, 7? You, I meant to say, say RE5 no, and RE6. Seven. You didn't say 7, but okay. I was just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah, co- combat is definitely clunky in the original Silent Hill, but I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. A, a lot of the other things, uh, the, the other main criticism that's leveled against this game is uh, the... the um, the cutscenes and the voice acting. A lot of people will say, oh, the voice acting's so bad. Hmm. Um it I watching 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 this game again, um, 
I think that was an intentional choice. Right. It's so bad it's, it's not, scary. Yeah. Well, the voice acting is off. Like, it's just oh. not natural. People don't. Like, it's not bad. It's not like the actors are just, like, dry reading their lines without any emotion. It's, they, they chop up their words and the the way the words are strung together. Like, nobody talks that way. It, it It's just, um, it makes you feel uneasy in the same way that if, if you've seen any of David Lynch's movies, this, this game is way more Lynchian than I remember it being also. It... It's the way that characters feel like, you know, that there's really good actors in Lynch movies, but characters still feel like stilted and unreal right. in, in the, and it does the same sort of thing in Silent Hill. The, the voice acting just lends it a very inhuman quality. It, it, it just makes you feel creeped out. <laughs> now I'm just pic- um, picturing an opportunity to like get some creepy horror music and put it to, uh, Ryo Hazuki walking around asking people if they know any sailors. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's like terrifying because exactly, nobody yeah. talks like that. You know, <laughs> you know where I find any sailors. Exactly. You know, like yeah. But final criticism is the puzzles are um, the puzzles in Silent Hill Two are kind of contrived and sometimes use really goofy logic. I have I that is just a criticism that is just objectively true. Like the yeah. the puzzles are not the reason to play that game. The puzzles are kind of goofy and so, some of the puzzles are goofy and ridiculous and um contrived. Uh that's just a thing that is true. That that is a very valid criticism. But everything else about that game is fucking awesome. Next time uh I'm in town, I'd like to watch you play this game. <gasps> I would be honored. Maybe I'll even play a little bit. I can only play these games if people are like in the room with me and if it's daytime. <laughs> right. Yeah, yep. That's or, well, or we'll see what we can do. We'll... If you turn off turn on enough lights at night, I think it'll be alright. Silent Hill 2, it's a fucking masterpiece. It is a yeah, goddamn masterpiece. I've heard so many good things about it. I agree with you on this. What's your number one? Oh dude. Oh my god. This is the scariest game I've ever played, man. Okay, what you got? Um, okay, the game is called Fear. Yeah, that's a scary fucking game. <laughs> F-E-A-R. Uh, yeah, yep. mm-hmm. it's acronyms for something. Um, yep. So the interesting thing about this game is a good portion of it is a, a pretty standard, very boring first-person shooter. Um, just, you know, dumb AI with dumb guns, and you just shoot them, and you just don't even think about it. But what that mm-hmm. does, I found, uh, is it pretty effectively um, lowers your guard a little bit, and then right. they throw in some really creepy fucking shit. Uh, and again, stuff that terrifies me in games is not always jump scares and everything. It's just little right. things, like environmental things, like like just reality shifts. And like, let me paint a picture for people who haven't played fear um mm-hmm. so you're playing this fps and you're shooting dudes and you're picking up you know items for like you know ammo or health packs or whatever they are you know throughout the game so it's a pretty standard like routine you know shoot some dudes and pick up some things you know, you've seen some creepy things here and there and you open some doors and and then you get to one door and like you hit the action button and it like kind of opens and then it kind of shuts again so 
So that's odd because usually every door I've opened, it just opens all the way and I can walk through. So you hit it again and it kind of like opens and shuts and then like opens and shuts, you know? And then like the lights start flickering and then like your HUD flickers, like like where your your ammo displays is and everything. It flickers at the same time as the light flickers. And then you keep trying to open a door and it shuts and opens and shuts. And then all of a sudden it opens all the way and then you're just in the next room. You don't even have to walk through the next room. You're just there. And then there's a creepy girl in the corner staring at you with like dark hair like over her over her face and you're like the game just oh i didn't mean to scare you that bad dude oh you scared the shit out of me i had to cough (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's exactly what happened to me when i played this game i had many heart attacks yeah jesus that's terrifying um yeah so it's stuff like that like the game just plays with like what you feel to be the normal actions in the game and it'll just like freaking transport you like there's another scene where you're walking through a hallway that just seems to never end and like oh boy you know yep. it just goes on forever and then you get to the door and then you turn around and the, and like there's like a girl like right there behind you or something and it's just like ah you know it's just weird like mind fucky things and um i love stuff like that in yeah games. That's, i mean i love that i really do like, it was so interesting but it was just terrifying like oh man i cannot ugh. Um, there's a video out there that I use to refresh my memory on some of my favorite sort of moments from fear. It's called mm-hmm. fear full scary moments compilation. Um, you know, and <laughs> that's where you, if you want to, if you're curious about what some of the stuff I'm talking about is, it's, it's all there. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, just definitely the scariest game I think I've ever like played. I don't even know why I played this game. I, I should have stopped. A long time into it, but I, but I played way too much of this game. It's always made a mark uh, uh, for me in one of the scariest games I've played. Nice fear. Hey, honorable mention: Doki Doki Literature Club. Ooh, yeah that that was one of the games I had in my number five slot yeah. for a second. I, I, I do love Doki Doki. I almost, I almost put it down yeah. number five. Mm-hmm. Yep, I I also almost put it there. Yeah, that that's a terrifying freaking game, man. Hmm. All right. Um, uh, you you want to endorse? Let's endorse. I got some good endorsements. Um, all right. What you got? Um, so up here in awesome North Carolina, we've had some mm-hmm. chilly weather. Uh, Ooh. We've been waking up in the 30s and 40s and warming up to the 50s and 60s. So it's a nice kind of autumn feel. And with that time of year comes all the soups. <laughs> People start making chili and making uh whatever other kind of soups because they're warm i'm Mm. gonna recommend a recipe today i'm gonna endorse the tomato bisque and grilled cheese combination that sounds delicious have you had this have you has this been a thing for you tomato like tomato soup and grilled cheese oh yeah tomato bisque i guess what's the difference between tomato bisque and tomato soup tomato bisque Right is the thing we didn't really yeah. know about until we moved up here, and it is. Oh, what's what's the difference? Because you know everything southern is just like more fattening, right? So it's sure, basically yeah, tomato soup, and they yep. add like just cream. Oh, that sounds amazing! Yeah, it's delicious. It's so freaking good. Um, but then you take the grilled cheese and then you dip it in the tomato bisque, and oh, mwah, so good. Um, and I'm also going to endorse a specific style of grilled cheese that not a lot of people Ooh. may be familiar with. And I'm going to give you right here on the Good Games Podcast, I'm going to give mm-hmm. all you two listeners out there 
Leo's <laughs> secret tip for making the best. Oh, exclusive! Cheese. Here we go! Exclusive. Here we go! You you won't get this anywhere else. Now you might have made grilled cheese with your you know basic Wonder Bread and your butter on the outside and your American cheese mm-hmm. on the inside, and mm-hmm. I, you know I tip my hat to you. That's that's fine. It's right. an amateur move, but it's good. If you want to make a quality grilled cheese sandwich, I got three yeah, tips for you. Three tips. Yeah, what you got? What you Number got? one, don't yeah. buy like the bread aisle bread. You go over mm-hmm. to the baked goods section of your supermarket, and you get like a fresh loaf that like, they have to like slice in front of you. Ooh, okay? yeah. Of like you know sourdough or your white mountain bread or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, you get yourself some sharp cheddar cheese you don't go for like oh you love your sharp cheddar yeah yeah, sharp cheddar man that's the way to go now you can mix Mm -hmm. up a couple different cheeses like for example right now i've I've got some vermont cheddar and i've got Mm -hmm. some american cheese so you can do like a mix Mm -hmm. you know but don't go like just pure american cheese it's not flavorful enough okay you gotta get your cheddar and number three and this is the most important one and this is people people get this wrong all the time you don't actually use butter for your grilled cheese what you use mayonnaise oh that sounds crazy right that sounds pretty crazy uh sounds insane but what you do is you take mayo and you put that on the outside of the bread and you slap Uh that on the hot skillet and then your cheese and then your bread and your mayo on the other side and you flip that over and it's delicious so okay you heard it here folks the best grilled cheese sandwich dip that in your tomato bisque and welcome to the good old southern south nice uh, funnily enough, I am also going to endorse a food item, uh, but uh, I've got a, a spooky uh. food item endorsement, and uh, more accurately, it is a a spooky food item that I am uh, endorsing you to not eat. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so I I, uh, I got a little story. So story time. We were running out of time. I, I had to get a last-minute Halloween costume, so we had to go to Target and Party City. And next to Target and Party City was Burger King. We don't usually go to Burger King, but oh. I was like, hey, we're running out of time. we got to go to Burger King. So we go in this Burger King, right. and I was like, I don't know what to order at a Burger King. I haven't been to Burger King in years. I, I don't know what to get. So on the menu, they had a promotional Halloween burger called the Nightmare King. Oh, boy. Uh, I I ordered a Nightmare King, wow. and I want you to go ahead. Uh, any anyone who's listening to this podcast, um, if, if if you're not, you know, if you're not driving or doing something dangerous, I want you to go ahead and Google a picture of what a Nightmare King looks hold like. On, hold on, hold on. Let, me, um, let me Google it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Clear. While I'm describing this, um, okay. it's got oh. the the defining feature of this is it's got green sesame seed buns right oh oh god um so yeah in that picture it just kind of looks like the sesame seed buns have been photoshopped green right uh the reality of this is it just kind of looks like the buns are moldy (laughs) (laughs) so you you get this burger and it's got it's got it's got like normal it's got a beef patty it's got like a chicken tender and it's got bacon and it's got like these moldy looking buns but (laughs) the standout the stand yeah i endorse not eating this the standout thing about this burger is they are burger king themselves is marketing 
this burger as the Nightmare King, and they're and they're advertising the fact that it is scientifically proven to give you nightmares. Oh. That is how they're advertising this. Okay. Our food will give you nightmares. I That's mean, what they're advertising. Indirectly, and apparently, well, apparently they had an actual scientific test yeah. where they like had a, uh, apparently apparently the scientific number on when you go to sleep any night the 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 percentage chance that you will have a nightmare is 8% or at least that's what it is according to burger king scientists yeah. right uh according to these same burger king scientists the nightmare king multiplies your chance of having a nightmare by 3.5 uh, or or maybe it was three. I don't know. Let's say it's three. Okay. I, I can't remember if I just made that number. It's at least three. So I roughly now, according to Burger King scientists, uh-huh. when I go to bed tonight, I have a one in four chance of having a nightmare. Wait, so you just had the, the uh, nightmare burger tonight? Yes. Yeah, just, just today. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. Yeah. So tonight, I I don't know. Maybe I'll just have crazy nightmares all night. Okay. Maybe I'll just be in the toilet all night because I had moldy uh, moldy burger bun. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it, in any case, <laughs> I endorse not eating a Nightmare King because uh, it looks like it's moldy and it's advertised by Burger King uh, that it's scientifically proven to give you nightmares. But if that's something you want to try, then you can ignore my endorsement and order yourself a Nightmare King. At your local Burger King restaurant. I'll tell you this much. Looking at the images yeah. online, there's like the obvious yeah. Burger King advertisements where mm-hmm. it's just like a Photoshop of the bun. And it's like a right. very bright, almost like turf green. Um, yeah, which looks that's not interesting. really. But then right next to that, you have the images of people who just took a photo on their like iPhones. And yeah, it looks those, moldy, right? They're just, they, it looks like something from a nightmare. I'll be honest. That yeah, looks, that's a nightmare looking burger. Yeah. So, so that uh-huh. that four percent that might be accurate just based on like what I'm seeing in these photos. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't look so. We'll see. Enough to eat. We'll know. see. Ask me again on the next episode of this podcast, <laughs> and we'll see if I if really had nightmares. If if a I survived, and b if I had nightmares. Wow. Um, Good God, man! I'm surprised yeah. you ate any of that. That was. <laughs> I am too. What What is wrong with me? That is, <laughs> that is really, really bad looking. Um, yeah. Wow. So that's been our Halloween spooky episode. Hope we didn't scare uh, you too bad. Ooh. Uh, I hope. I hope we did. I hope we scared the fucking shit out of you. <laughs> and if and if you got the fucking shit scared out of you, then. You're welcome. Our job is done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, for the Very Spooky Good Games podcast, I'm James. And I'm Leo. And we'll see you next time. Ooh. See ya. kind of like when i was trying to make fetch happen you know like that's so fetch you know i don't quite, what's is that like, a thing i just thought it would stick you know i thought i thought it would be a thing but it didn't Ooh.
<laughs> spooky. <laughs> it was very spooky. Yeah. 